I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy, O. And your girl, Rocky. What is good, people? <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about. Because mm-hmm. yeah. O was traveling. Yeah. So tell us about your trip, O. Uh, well, I'll tell you some about it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to make the podcast about me. Although I could. <laughs> no, nah, uh, I went down to Guyana, uh, the place of my parents' birth. <laughs> That's uh, where both of my parents are from. Um, it's the only Caribbean country uh, that is not uh, an island. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yes, it's attached to South America. Deal with it. <laughs> I, I think that's because it's more. it was colonized by the British yeah. versus South America is more of the Spanish and Portuguese. Well, French too. Mm. That's true. Um, But, you know, colonialism, it's everywhere. Mm. But anyways, you had a good trip? But it was a great trip. Mm. It was a wonderful trip. I got to uh, really reconnect with my parents, bond with them. Mm -hmm. It felt felt really good. Mm. felt really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, Felt rejuvenated, you know? (laughs) I feel like I got the energy back. Um, Coming back strong. Coming back strong. Mm-hmm. Coming back strong, y'all. So I'm ready to dive deep into some nice, juicy topics that we got planned for y'all today. Mm-hmm. So today's episode is our last um, part of a four-part episode for now. Like, we'll probably do therapy series again. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, we're therapists. <laughs> We gonna talk. Like, we can't. <laughs> you know, like, we cannot talk about this. This is our profession and our career, right? <laughs> we notice things, so um, and we're always learning. So yeah, as should you. Um, but make sure you check out the previous episodes in the therapy series. We start with our original Black Mental Health, and then we have therapy series Into the Office, mm-hmm. therapy series Unpacking the Stigma, and therapy series Therapy Stereotypes. And today's episode is therapy series. Everyone should go to therapy. Everybody. Everybody. Okay? <laughs> so, when I say therapy, I mean talk therapy, psychotherapy, could be couples therapy, family therapy, it could be parent-child uh, dyadic therapy, it could be a child's therapy, um, which may look a little bit different because it's more play therapy, but it's... <laughs> All of that to say is that there are a lot of options for you to go to therapy. Not everything is fucking hypnosis. (laughs) Yeah, I think get out kind of fucks y'all up. You know, (laughs) I mean, we was fucked up beforehand, but that did not help. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah. I ain't going no damn therapist. Like, yeah, and That's laying on the couch did. and shit. So again, check out those previous episodes for those myths being debunked. Right. And um, but that but that being said, because there's plenty of options for you to go, like why aren't you? Is my question. serious serious question for yeah. like at this point there are resources. There are people that you can reach out to. In this profession. Now, we do address, um, I think, 
and unpacking the stigma part about why are some reasons people don't go. So like costs, insurance, things like that. So outside of those factors, just on the do I want to go to therapy tip, why haven't you? So let's address why you should. <laughs> right. There are a lot of reasons. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so why do you think everyone should go to therapy? Uh, I would say the reason why people should go to therapy, everyone should, is to really experience what it's like to have a space uh, for your own thoughts and your own emotions that's just for you, uninterrupted by anyone else, and it's like all attention on you, uh, which rarely happens. A, a chance mm-hmm. to really be reflective. In this world, usually we just keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. We don't get a chance to self-reflect, and that's where growth comes from. Mm-hmm. If you're unable to mm-hmm. reflect on your state of being, mm-hmm. uh, your past mistakes, past traumas. Mm. You're kind of like stuck in, in a place where you're not growing mm-hmm. to your fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, mm-hmm. Um, yes. sometimes with careers as well. Mm-hmm. And that can... Ooh, yeah, interacting with people. Right, that can hurt relationships. Mm-hmm. And life is pretty much relationships, uh, whether they're good or bad. Like all of them. Which is why I don't understand why insurance doesn't pay for couples or family therapy. Because, like, listen, you have a family of origin. No matter if you were adopted, no matter if you grew up with your family and you're estranged, you have a family of origin. That is a relationship. Okay? Then you have a relationship with your peers, your friends. All right? Then you have a relationship with your boss and your coworkers. And then you have a relationship, if you want a relationship, like a romantic relationship, okay? You have a relationship with pets. You have a relationship to your community. Everybody on this planet has a relationship with somebody else. It's true. Think about it. Even if you're homeless and isolated, there is still community there. And you still feel the detachment of the relationship from prior. Right. Like I said, you're in a relationship whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just like, well, I don't even have a good relationship with nobody. So that means I don't have a relationship. No, no. you have a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of goes into what, why I say everyone should go to therapy. Because, because we are like just a chain in the link. We're attached to everybody else. Sometimes we can be in our head so much that we can't see any other perspectives. Mm-hmm. And a therapist is a third party <clears throat> who offers a non-judgmental space so they can really see outside of your world, the world that you see, and give you a different perspective. And as my therapist said, change your perspective. And you change your feelings. <laughs> feelings are very powerful, y'all. They, whew. That's for damn sure. Like, very powerful. <laughs> they get you to think something that you weren't thinking before. Like, very powerful. And when you change your perspective, it's like having the logic that finally sinks into your feelings. Because how many times do you know you shouldn't be doing something? 
right? But your feelings be getting in the way. So it's like the logic is there. It just hasn't hit. <laughs> Pretty much. And once it hits, and I be telling my clients, like, it takes time. Like, for me, you be telling me stuff, and a year later, I get it. And you be like, didn't I tell you that a year ago? And I'm like, look, obviously, I had to go through something, be exposed to something, have resources, reactions with people to finally hit that logic into my feelings. For I feel different because my perspective has changed. Okay. So a therapist can basically just drop it. Like I'd be dropping stuff and it'd be like, boom, <laughs> you know, I'm high. Yes, but I'm enjoying <laughs> my high. <laughs> so, cause I love what I do. Like I love being a therapist um, and I love being able to offer that perspective because people do not see it. Cause when you're so stuck inside yourself, it's hard to see out, you know, especially when your feelings are involved. That's true. So therapists can give you that outside perspective that, and your friends, cause people be like, Oh, you can check out therapy stereotypes. People, you can talk to your friends for it. I'm like, nah, bro, they still in your bubble. They still in your world. Even though they're outside of you, they ain't outside of the people you're connected to. Right. There's a reason why you're friends. Yeah. So I'm totally like, if you stop coming, I stop seeing you. Like, you know, like I don't have any relationship to you outside of you coming to my office an hour out of the week you know yeah so that is powerful yeah yeah (laughs) very i've had some life changers in there Mm -hmm. and and that being said a lot of my clients become advocates of therapy because it's like they see how they're changing they see how that like i love it like something as simple as teaching people boundaries. You don't know how many of my clients I've had to teach about boundaries. And now they set in boundaries left and right, right? So the people around them are seeing the change. Right. You know? So then So then it's like the people around them, I get the stories of oh, is that what you learned in therapy and, <laughs> and all yeah. this other stuff? And they're like, "Yes, this is what I did." But you know what? Sooner Promise. or later, they'll be like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to therapy. I've had people come back and tell me that. And I'm like, yes, baby. But sometimes my clients be like, yo, you need therapy. And I'm like, look, <laughs> you can plant the seed, plant the seed of you just going to therapy and living your life after you've been in sessions and stuff and you're learning the tools and whatnot. And just watch. Like you are, you are the seed. You don't have to tell them. You can like tell them your perspective of therapy, but you don't have to say you got to go because nobody is, you know, that ready. (laughs) And that doesn't sound like a good thing. Yeah. It just doesn't sound like that because of the the negative stigma. stigma, Yeah. Uh, We've definitely talked about that before, but Mm -hmm. honestly, if, if we're being real about it, it's just like any other profession where you have to take care of your health. It's just your mental health. And and that's where I think it was in unpacking the stigma that we talked about the difference between mental illness and mental health. Like yeah. like in relation to physical health, it's your overall health. If you have an illness, that's like diabetes or um, cancer or a broken leg. That like well, I guess a broken leg is an illness. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. But but that's Standard. what I'm saying. That's not your physical health. Like when you hear about physical health, you think about exercise and diet and like the positives of taking care of your body. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing as mental health. You're just taking care of you, your mind, your heart, your spirit. 
That's it. But I did want to say, because I use this in my therapy, I didn't want to leave it out. So with my clients, with planting the seed, I'm like, you can plant that seed, just that little tiny seed, but it is up to them to water it. Yeah. Like, that's Always. that's it. Like, you can't change anybody, okay? No matter how much you want them to change. So all you can say is like, I'm going to therapy. These are the things that help me with it. And live your best life. Much. Can't force it, people. And I will say, I see a lot of individuals who are in relationships. Like, I don't see the couple. I see the individual of the couple. Mm-hmm. And half the time, their partner isn't in therapy. And I'm like, look, you're going to be doing look. a lot of growth in here, and they're not. And I'm going to be giving you tools about your relationship because that's what you come in here for. And if they're not willing to change... So plant the seed, but let them water. <sighs> All right. What's the next topic? Wait, I think I wanted to go back to what you said. Which was what? <laughs> said Great <lot>. question. <laughs> <laughs> it was about. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. If it comes back, it comes back. Something um, about the world, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> All right. So, mm, yeah, let's talk about the benefits of therapy from an article standpoint. So, which is interesting, I have it on Forbes. Okay. <laughs> 11 Intriguing Reasons to Give Talk Therapy a Try by Alice Walton. Alice G. Walton. Um. So, let's see. Number one, therapy effects persist over the long haul. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like giving you tools and and building those patterns of mm-hmm. behavior that actually lead to long term effects. Oh, breaking patterns. Yeah, breaking patterns mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that stuff can last a literal lifetime. So, mm-hmm. it's yeah, long for the long haul. Yeah, <laughs> very long lasting. Um, physical symptoms get treated too. Oh my God. Yes. So much. Okay. So remember how I said mind, body, spirit, what is plaguing your mind shows up in your body. Damn right. Like I have anxiety. That'd be my back, my shoulders, uh, my neck, like where I need a massage monthly. Like that's cause it just, it manifests your mind, body, and spirit are very much connected. If, if one is out of alignment, the rest are out too. Yep. Okay. Very much. So, yeah, so not to say, like, we're medical professionals, no, but by treating the mind, we could end up healing the body. Mm-hmm. This is like a domino effect. Like, yeah. even when you think more about, your, you're more conscious of yourself, your inner self, you're more likely to take care of your body as well. It's just sometimes like a domino effect of taking care of yourself and being more aware of what's going on with your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shoot, now. So be mindful. Yes, I teach mindfulness. Mm. And it's like, that's awareness within your body, literally. And as I've become more mindful, and I will say, sativa and indica have helped. And yes, I'm talking weed, (laughs) y'all. But it's, 
I am a lot more aware of my body to the point it freaks me out. Because I'm like, ooh, something's going on there in this point. I can, like, see it. Because I can feel it so intensely. So it's like Osmosis Jones up in here. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah. So, get in alignment and get in balance. That's a good one. Because a lot of people don't really uh, recognize that. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Mm -hmm. Repressed emotions will come back to haunt you later on. Oh, that's facts. That's facts. One on one. You know? That's half the reason people come to therapy. And how, right? Because <laughs> we get adults. All that shit from childhood. Jeez. Yeah. Good God. Family of origins be fucking people up. This is why we're probably going to do a parenting series because I'm done with that too. So. <laughs> like, For real? Whew, gosh. Trump. Generational trauma. Jeez. Breaking the patterns. But, anyways. Um. And a lot of times the emotions show up in ways that people don't see. Break it down. So like I had one client who she was coming to me for relationship stuff. And she had said something and I had not, I had been seeing her for a while and I didn't connect it until this one singular time. Because sometimes it does take us, because it's like, I see these two are related, but how? Like, searching for the the link, like the actual link that connects the two, you know? So sometimes, like, I'm like, I gotta gotta figure it out. It's like a puzzle. So it wasn't until this particular session where she said one thing, and I don't remember what the one thing was. Um, But I was instantly like, that's your father who passed when you were two. Like, that's that connection that's why it hurts so bad and it's unexplainable because sometimes like when you experience something in present you like have an over exaggerated reaction for Mm -hmm. the actual situation and it's like that's because it's touching on something wounded Mm -hmm. trauma um so yeah i was like oh that's that's why because you experienced that, but you were two, so you didn't expect to have such a sense of, I think it was abandonment. Um, it was something else in there that wasn't like, because abandonment and rejection was, you know, things, but it was something else in there. I can't remember. But anyways, mm. it was like, that's why, it was, a lot of it, <laughs> yeah, that's why it was such hurt, you know? So once I made that connection, it was like, boom. And, she, and then basically... Like, I could see her her mind going. And it basically looked like she was going back between every relationship she past had and now putting this new information mm-hmm. in and, like, That's seeing it, it in a That's different it way. It's and amazing. seeing it in a it's different so, way. It's so amazing. Yeah, it was a beautiful session. Ah, that was a beautiful session. That was deep as hell. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so. <laughs> Repressed emotions. I've done that to one of my clients. Well, haunt you. And, uh. I didn't even know that I brought it to his attention until oh. he, he told me. And I was oh. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's like so natural. I'm mm-hmm. like, because I pick up on it, obviously. I'm, sometimes it's like, you don't see that? Right, right. <laughs> when you're outside of it, it's very easy for you to, well, when you're, you know, a good therapist. Mm. <laughs> it's, Not it's, all therapists are the same. But it's very easy for you to see and break down like, okay. That, that those two things are linked right now. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hold off and I, I I let them try to get to it and see if they can um slowly peel it back because sometimes they're not ready to. Mm-hmm. Bear it. Yeah. <laughs> but I I see certain things like yeah like straight off the bat. All right, so what's the next one? And the passive aggressive shtick will fade away. What? <laughs> oh. The repressed emotions was the, oop, my bad, I hit the mic. Um, the repressed emotions was the first one, will haunt you, and then the next one was, and the passive-aggressive shtick will fade away. So you being an ass because of your repressed emotions <laughs> will go away. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> that takes a lot of undoing. Because again, self-awareness and willingness to grow and change. It will give you a whole new perspective on other people, too. <laughs> That's for sure. We just talked about that shit. No, they be killing me because my clients be coming in like, oh, so you remember this person that I brought up? It was this. This that you told me. I'm like, yo, it's, it's just, I understand you're excited because <laughs> now your mind has opened and you're yeah. seeing the world in a whole new way, but not everybody is ready to hear this. <laughs> for me, it's a, it's a, it affects the way, like, you interact with everybody too, like even mm. when you notice certain people and their man- mannerisms and just the way they go about their lives, and you can see like okay, like you're acting out, <laughs> and you can see like that's not what that was about. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, whatever oh, you're yeah. mad about, oh yes. that ain't, it wasn't that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we see it more just because we are the ones outside, and we're we have the knowledge and we're always growing and stuff. Right. Cause like I'm easily reading people now. Yeah. And I'm like, that didn't have nothing to do with me. What did that come from? That wasn't me. That was something there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and it's not like a, like the thing that people talk about. Like, oh, analyzing we're, we're, me. We're, it's not even an analyzing you thing. It's like, I can just, it's, it's a, I don't have to respond to that shit. Right. Cause I know it has nothing to do with me. Right. Cause <laughs> I, I just know when something is not, my battle like mm-hmm. like when you're fighting something and it has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. i accept that <laughs> like, you know i accept that fact that like okay you got something going on today or something else happened to you and that's cool that doesn't mean i'm about to be like okay well, let me figure this out like i don't got time for all that i can just be like oh that's that's something else cool and see when when i reference fall back. reference the point of um like, oh, is that, that's what it is? That was in relation to a very uh, recent conversation I had where someone was popping off at me because I got offended. And I was like, I didn't get offended. But she was still popping off. And I was like, this has nothing to do with me. So I just, you know, cooled it. And then and then it came out. She said it to me, what it had stemmed from. And I was like, see, that, that wasn't me. All the time. <laughs> like, you know. So... Yeah, for sure. Just we ain't trying to analyze. We just trying to move through the world with peace and happiness and without drama. And if you haven't processed your shit, <laughs> you know, it can come out. Repressed emotions will haunt you. <laughs> okay? And uh, I don't got time for that. Mm-hmm. At all. No. I see that's my work, so I'm not trying to do that on the side. No. All right, it helps you deal with future curveballs. I agree. And that's because 
we give tools. So I want to come back once we're done with this article. I want to come back to what the tools are. For a specific stuff. We can. Okay. But yeah, you learn things. Like I teach all the time <laughs> in therapy. Yes, you're half. You when yeah. you're a therapist, you're you're part teacher. Yeah. It's like I'm a part healer because I'm healing and processing this mm-hmm. trauma and then I'm teaching for the rest. Sometimes the teaching is the healing, you know? So, yeah, yeah so, whew, so much teaching, which is why I'm like, might as well have some classes because the more people I can touch with this, yeah, who, the better, you know, especially in that community because everybody don't want to go to therapy. You should, but everybody don't want to because of the stigma. Yeah, We're going to break that shit though. We did. Unpacking the stigma. <laughs> all right um let's see let's see talking about things gives them shape yes ah. so you have a lot going on in your head a lot and sometimes if you don't give voice to them they stay jumbled with the rest of your thoughts but once you speak them out Similarly to as you write them down and then read it back, Mm -hmm. you think about it differently. So it literally is like taking it out of you and giving it form so you can see it and look at it and and kind of stuff like that. It's like making it somewhat tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know you're not alone. Hmm. And I would say a lot of my work, not all of it, but a lot of my work is normalization. So many people think they're alone and they're wrong. And I'm like, no, sweetheart. That's a lot of people go through that. Mm-hmm. You know? And gosh, with the trauma, the yeah, sexual trauma. Yeah, I was just about to say whew. that. I have to do that a lot where it's like, I have to normalize how bad the world is so that they don't feel as if they did something, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because I have to let them know, like, no, this is a fucked up world with a lot of fucked up systems and institutions in it Mm -hmm. that allow for this stuff to happen Mm -hmm. so frequently and Mm -hmm. um, violently. Yeah, yeah. So... That's the first thing I have to get through their heads mm-hmm. because they're thinking like, well, what could I have, should I have done mm-hmm. differently? And it's like, nah. And then with those who were assaulted or molested or raped as a child, mm. it's because children naturally internalize everything. So whatever's going right. on with their parents, they internalize it. It's my fault. I did something like. They're very ego. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so I have my fault. Yeah, yes. I have to normalize that. No, sweetheart, that was an adult. You had no fault in this. They're the person that was in the wrong. Right. You know. So yeah, normalization for sure. It will rewire your brain. Yep, sure does. <laughs> Oh, thank God. Be opening connections. <laughs> That's because I'm a therapist talking to a therapist while high. 
get you a friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just be doing, doing, we we think differently. Yeah. So. But once you go to therapy, I think it opens up your mind to that same kind of thinking and, mm-hmm. and the thought process because you get to you get to see what and how we came to those conclusions because mm-hmm. we're breaking it down with you, yeah. you know, because it's a collaborative process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's actually an excellent way to expand your mind and the way that you think about stuff. If not just for that, mm-hmm. I mean. Um, you won't have to self-medicate anymore. Mm. Mm. So, just (laughs) self-disclosure. Um, I used to drink a lot in college and I normalized it because it was college and people drank, but I was using alcohol to escape from my problems. Mm. Um. I also use sex to escape from my problems. Sometimes literally just getting out of my house and having like somewhere else to go type of thing. Um, so self-medicating is not always okay. Especially because with my drinking, it impacted my relationship with other people because of how I was when I was drunk. Um, mm. So again, repressed emotions and stuff. Like I was going through a lot in college. Like, uh, my parents needed to be divorced and uh, I was going through relationship and friendship shit. So... That's a lot. But, um, and I didn't go to therapy till I was in grad school. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so. That was a mistake. And we're going to talk about that too. Like our personal experiences with therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, all that to say is I wasn't dealing with my shit. Like I was living it and it was painful, but I wasn't dealing with it. I was just trying to escape from it. And, like, that's the thing with pain is you have to face it in order to grow. And, like, my my client, I was like, you got to ride the bump. You can't hop over the bump. You can't sidestep the bump. can't dig under the bump. You got to ride that bump. And she was like, I rode the bump a bump. <laughs> rode the bump a bump a bump. Shit, that bump was long. I love my client. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. But you got you to gotta ride it. This, and that means facing that pain and you can't run from it. Mm. So once you face it, you know, half the time you realize it wasn't that scary and that you made it out. Looks like we made it after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. You have any points on self-medicating? Um... I haven't seen that many clients that have self-medicated, actually. Yeah, we're not in the recovery population. Yeah. So that automatically. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And personally, my my stance is, uh, I had like brief periods of times when I was like self-medicating, mm-hmm. like uh, around like like around the time when we, after we started talking, hmm. oh, or was it before? Before we started talking, mm-hmm. before and after we started. Talking. <laughs> um, he was in a place. Yeah. I brought yeah. him out. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> <sighs> all 
revising history. Revising history. Okay, we can talk about this after the show. Okay. Anyways, because nobody gets what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I was smoking a lot at that time, and it was like really bad weed. So it was like hmm. indigo that was just knocking me Jersey out. Jersey weed. <laughs> we're in California now. Yeah, that weed was terrible. Uh, yeah, it was just knocking me out, so it was like like numbing like the pain and like blurring days and whatnot. Yes. So that was not good. That was not a good time uh, period for me. Um, but it didn't last that long, luckily. And the good thing was like just weed <laughs> because I know other people who were going through stuff, and it was not just weed that they was taking. And I don't, you know, they ain't doing so great. So uh, then. I think in grad school I was drinking. I wasn't drinking like a lot. I was just partying and like not. It's like I felt like I was going out just to go out. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like a lot of people were doing that still, but I'm glad I'm like not in that place now. Mm. It's just, like I don't need to. Yeah, I really don't feel any like impulse to go out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but that's just me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, I'll go out every every once in a while, just for fun. But that's just got like the dance, you know. But yeah, prior to that, there were some times where I was just going out to go out, and I felt like, what am I doing? So I don't know if it was really like tied to drinking, but I think I was just searching for more in shallow places. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, everybody I think is going through like some, if they're being honest, yeah. some period of uh, using something to escape or cope. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. The next one is it therapy enables you to teach the next generation a better way. Yeah, probably the most important reason. Like, come on. Next generation. I had. Uh, like a couple of of my male clients that I see mm-hmm. break down. And my breakdown I mean like shed man tears. <laughs> you know the sh- 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 <laughs> those tears, you know? Not he went they was they went out, you know, they went out strong. <laughs> however you cry is how you cry. <laughs> but I've got more tears than that. Wow. Maybe it's because your cousin, you're a man. Yeah. So they don't want to. They don't, they don't want to, but it's like I'm, I'm, I'm right there with them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it, it keeps going in and out, in and out. That's what happens. <laughs> okay. But anyways, they broke down and they were like, the changes that they were trying to make were for the next generation. Mm. You know, and that's what motivated them and, and that's where the emotion really came from. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's that's amazing. That's that's where the work is. I think if you can use that as your motivation and that's the tool that just pushes you forward, that's excellent. Because it's true, the next generation is what matters mm-hmm. when it comes to breaking these generational traumas. 
And I think people don't place the importance on children the way they need to be placed. Like, literally, this is the next generation of humanity. When they say children are the future, they really mean children are the future. So it's like, you need to be aware of that everything you do impacts them. I want the future to be dope. Right? Shoot, I'm trying to have my present be dope and my future. (laughs) I'm saying. You know? I don't want the generation to look back and be like, what the fuck were y'all doing? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all killed us. Like, that's kind of how we we yeah. looking at our generation. Uh, generation. How we not know how to adult, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Why is adulting a thing? Because <laughs> we be failing at it. It's like, y'all left us the worst economy ever. God damn. <laughs> And then be uh, on us, be on us because we can't afford the same things you used to. Oh, millennials aren't doing this. Millennials aren't doing that. They're making this go out of business. Look look at the prices, bitch. Right? (laughs) It's like, uh, who made this housing market? Right. Anyways, we go off about that. Anyways. (laughs) Um, so yes. And I do a lot of, uh, parenting sessions where like I may be seeing the child and I'm like oh no this is your parents so let me bring your parents in but I can't just have therapy with your parents because they it's for the child but you know gotta trick them but anyways Mm -hmm. um so I'll do like parenting sessions where I'm teaching the parents how to parent basically and then people be like oh do you have kids no I don't but let's say that I'm I'm interested in child development. She's gifted. And, oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, I'm interested in child development, so I'm actually trying to hit those developmental milestones, and I know what they are. Um, And that's also due to both my sister and my mom having in-home daycares. So, literally, they were required to hit the child development milestones. So, it's like I saw a different way of parenting. And then my parents were very intentional parenting mindset. Now, mind you, they had me at 35. So they had some time to learn themselves, learn what they want for their child. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I have intentional parenting skills. Whereas like a lot of people, even my mom, when I was talking to her about, it, she was like, Oh, it's just trial and error. Like, no, we need to know before <laughs> know as much as we can. Some errors. Yeah. Some errors you can't come back from. You know? So. <laughs> some errors are permanent. <laughs> you know? And no, even, yeah. even something as simple as treating your child with respect. Yeah. I had to like break that down for one of the fathers because he was like, why? And I'm like, this is someone you're supposed to love. Like, why would you treat them disrespectfully? You, you get mad when somebody treats you disrespectfully. So why are you saying that they have to take it from you and they can't give it back? Like, I be having to break shit down. So parenting series coming to you. <laughs> I don't know when. Probably in between the political series because that's going to be a lot all at one time. We can hold off on the political series until... Uh... No, we need to start talking. We need to. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> now that I'm done with that tangent. Therapy impacts the next generation. It really does. That's Mm -hmm. the one. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about being a black therapist. Mm. Because there's a difference. And the difference between a black therapist, a therapist who is black, and the damn difference between a white therapist and a black therapist. Um, 
So mind you, both O and I went to predominantly white institutions for grad school. After Hampton University for undergrad. Eight. <laughs> so for me, when I came to Oakland, I had to unpack a lot of the things that I learned in grad school. So I went to black psychology uh, seminars, um, decolonizing the psyche workshops. I read Dr. Joy DeGruy's post-traumatic stress dis or slave disorder, um, post-traumatic slave disorder. No, it's post-traumatic slave syndrome. Sorry. Dr. Joy DeGruy, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Um, I read that, read some other books, went to other workshops about trauma and things like that. And I was like, one, we bring our culture into the room. Necessary. Like we have call and response. We're relational people. We're not a blank slate. We, you know, release self-disclosure because it has to be mutual. Like I learned from my clients. They learn from me more, but I do learn from my clients. Like it's not, you know, I, it is a relationship. Like we actually have, yeah, we actually have like something in our legal and ethical guidelines that we're not allowed to have dual relationships. And it's like, but this is relationship. Even though I see you an hour out of the week, I'm going on two years with some of my clients. Like that is a relationship. I know you. You know, you just don't know me like that. You know uh, some of me because right. I use stories. And that's another thing. Storytelling. Mm-hmm. I use stories in my sessions and it's not necessarily narrative therapy. It's just like I'm bringing you stories, whether from my personal life or from my clients or family, family. Because my, my parents gave me a lot of lessons. So shoot, my one client, I'd be like, what my daddy said. Hey, your daddy said, because she knows. Because first I was like, you remember what my dad said? And she was like, no, what? So I told her again. And now she knows because I didn't told the story. <laughs> so what my daddy said was, there's no such thing as smart. Everyone is capable of learning. <laughs> so it's like, it's lessons. And my mama be saying, my mama said, common sense ain't so common. Like, I, my, they would be dropping jobs. So I be... And then, like, it's funny because I use it in that tone of voice. My mama said, you know what my mama said, <laughs> you know? But we get, we, like, we laugh in our sessions. We be having good times. So we bring the culture into the room. But I think that that stems on the biggest piece that I learned from the Black Psychology Conference was therapy still seen in the superiority complex. And Eurocentric perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the therapist. Yes. Hold on here. Like, I. The wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm the therapist. Yes. Here's your problem. You have anxiety. Goodbye. It's like the therapist is above the client. And it's like, no, we we on the same level. No, but I'm the therapist. And it's like, I'm well, but you're sick? Like, nah. And me even saying I go to therapy, be breaking it for exactly. him. Like, oh, you go to therapy? Yes, yes. bitch. I'm dealing with life. <laughs> I'm dealing with life just like you. And life is hard. And when you're inside of it, you can't see out even if I have the tools. I'm still in my shit. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't, I hate that. Fucking, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing that everybody needs to break in is a big difference between uh, seeing a black seeing therapist, a black therapist yeah. for real. Because that whole superiority like mindset 
when it comes to therapy, mm-hmm. it fucks up the whole relationship from mm-hmm. the jump. Mm-hmm. And the relationship is what actually is the catalyst for the change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it and, and that's the thing. Like we both worked at a former practice and when we left, all our clients came with us. Because it's like we're the ones with the relationship with them. They don't have a relationship with the organization. They're seeing us. Right. You know? Like all of them like, yep. Right? Like it wasn't that far from one another. I would see if it was like a drastic move, but it was like, I'll meet you there. <laughs> and that's the relationship. Yeah. That's how it is. And then I will say with being a black therapist is we talk about our blackness. Because sometimes clients will not bring it up with white therapists. I had a white yeah, therapist. I, t- I was, it was during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement. And like I was dealing with shit. And I tested her with something. And based on her response, I was like, I will not be addressing that in here. Because I don't have time to teach you about my stuff. Like I, with that, I need you to know. Cause I'm, I'm already having to explain to the world. I'm not trying to explain in here where it's supposed to be my safe space mm. and I'm just supposed to be like learning shit, yeah, I get you know, that. like that's not, I don't know. So I tested her and was like, all right, no, but that's the thing. Um, we work at a holistic counseling service now. So it's mind, body and spirit. So if I'm addressing one piece of you, I'm addressing your blackness. Because we have a lot of trauma, black people. We ain't have therapy after slavery. We ain't have therapy after the segregation of Jim Crow. Should have. Like, and reparations. Should have been a part of the reparations. We fucked y'all up. Here's some therapy. <laughs> but then they would have did their version of therapy. I know, so. it's terrible. Yeah. Keep that shit. <laughs> so there's a lot of black therapists now. Right, we out Check here. out. There's more and more graduating every year. And then what I love... And if you're watching this... Yes. And you're thinking about... Reach out. Reach out to us. What should I do with my wife? We are... uh, So many people... Because I'm very much an advocate for therapy, obviously. Um, So I'll be posting on Facebook and people know I'm about it. And then like when somebody's posting shit like about emotions, I'll be like, go to therapy. Like, here's a resource for therapy. 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 Therapy, therapy help therapy. you out. <laughs> hey, you want to go to therapy? Go to therapy. You, like, you, you, you. Therapy is you, great. You, I love therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you go, you go to therapy. You go to therapy. You go to therapy. But, um, so they know I'm an advocate. And, and they have, some people have reached out. And it's like, they reached out about going to therapy and what's the process like. They reached out about wanting to go to school for therapy. Like, to study it. it. Like, and I'm, like, all for it. So, if you are in that space where you're thinking about going to therapy or you want to go to school for therapy, definitely reach out. Like, you can inbox us on our Facebook page. um, Like, so it's a private message. But, yeah. Or if you know me, um, if you're one of my friends, then definitely hit me up. Like, for sure. Um, Anything else about being a black therapist? Um, Hmm. No, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. So now I want to talk a little bit about community mental health, because that's also another area that they did not really teach me in school. Hmm. Like a lot of the legal and ethical shit, like scope of practice. Right. Like I, this is community. I'm not going to send you to like five different people. Like, cause that's, <laughs> we have issues with healthcare. <laughs> Like, do you not understand that? Mm. When they trust me, 
So it's like, yes, I'm going to get my ass on Google and YouTube and go to conferences and read books to learn about your shit. Because you trust me. I'm, and it's holistic, you know? Right. You got to use your resources in all ways. Yeah. So it's like, yes, if there's something I, totally outside of my scope, I'm not even trying to hurt you in that way type of thing. Yes. Go. I recommend. But I always say I'm not an expert. Yeah, she, yeah. I, I say in the session and Google. What does Google say? Google says. <laughs> sometimes I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to know anything. Like, half of it is knowing what to look and what to look for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Oh, I'm real good at my Googling. Because mm-hmm. sources are key. Right. So, yeah, that's half the battle right there, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. What else would you say about community mental health? Um, I would say... I le- I had to learn to like break the kind of like going back to being like a black therapist break like that barrier of not really getting involved within mm-hmm. the community you know what I mean mm-hmm. like getting involved and doing like the extra just the extra things that like you know that may seem excuse me outside of the scope of the office you know? like for instance when i see stuff on social media that relates to my client i will send it to them right send it to them mm-hmm. like even playing outside with some of the kids mm-hmm. out there yes. doing stuff like that playing basketball with my clients look therapy, having therapy look differently i've park, taken the walk um on the walks, lake with my clients like doing stuff like yeah. that and being active in the community mm-hmm. um while also doing therapy yeah you know? for sure and breaking what therapy has to look like Mm -hmm. it should be tailored to your community if Mm -hmm. your community is out here and they feel like you know this is a a place of peace for them outside or if they feel like like or they need support you know in a certain area exactly that's Mm -hmm. where you need to meet them at Mm -hmm. and that's part of community healing and it's like for me, like they always talk about like having your boundaries and stuff. And it's like I never feel like I can feel like I'm a part of the community without stepping over that line. Right. Like I I'm like because I went to an open mic with my client. She was in from school. We had phone sessions while she was in school. And um, yeah, she was home. So we met and she was like, oh, like because she's a singer. So and very much anxiety mm. spiraling just whoo. So um, so we went to an open mic. And, um, yeah, like I was okay supporting her in that way. And, you know, I address if somebody asks who we are, what we going to say, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we still try to maintain confidentiality yeah. in that piece. But it's like, yeah, like I got you, you know, I got you. And, and that's the thing. Like my clients be like, you're my best friend. Because sometimes I am the only support. Mm. If they're isolated from family and don't have many friends and not in a relationship, like, yeah. So, community mental health definitely looks differently. Yeah. And then, like, we're also a part of the community. Engaging. Like, I see my clients out on the street. (laughs) Happens all the time. Yeah. They see me too. To the point, I was like, oh, I need to start addressing this shit. (laughs) Because, you know, maintain confidentiality. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to bring it up in the intake because I probably will see you, you know, versus like after it happens. Right. But all right. So let's get into some of the tools that our clients use or learn from us. That is a long lasting, long term benefit of therapy. 
So, like I said, the boundaries, teaching clients about boundaries. Boundaries is huge. <laughs> People don't know. Because what, what have you been taught about boundaries? Okay. Because who are our teachers? Our parents. Or our teachers that don't teach us shit that got to do with life. That's why I got to do this school, because... <laughs> Got to make it happen. Mm. What else? What other tools? Um, I think perspective on just like the concept of perspective. Like mm. once that's opened up, like they were saying, it's mm-hmm. like a a long term. Once that spark happens, mm-hmm. it's like you start to look at stuff in a different way. You know, you start mm-hmm. to see like I have a perspective of my own and everybody else has a perspective of their own. And their actions and their responses to things is based off of that. And then it's like we said, you move through the world a little bit different because mm-hmm. you're not, everything's not on you. Like, oh shit, what did I do to upset you? So, oh, yeah, hold on. That's, that's your shit. Ain't my shit. <laughs> that's your shit. And your shit is your responsibility. So, you got shit to do with me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's powerful once you actually get that because you, you use your energy more towards things that you can control and things that you want to put into mm-hmm. rather than it being a reaction, a reaction to mm-hmm. other people's Yeah, you, you can stop. Stuff. Between the stimulus and your response, you can stop and think. Right. And be like, mm, what do I want to do with this? Yeah, it's powerful once you get it. Very powerful. Um, So you're the couples therapist, but even with individual, communication and conflict is a constant mm-hmm. lesson. Whew. People don't know about tone. And I don't understand. <laughs> I knew it with my mama. <laughs> it's the biggest thing I have to teach people. And also, going back kind of to like the contract that we were, you were referring to earlier, mm. like people don't understand why they're together. And oh, that wasn't on there. Check out Healthy Relationships, <laughs> our Healthy Relationship series. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't know why they're together, and they actually don't understand the expectations of their own relationship. Mm-hmm. So they're going into it saying, well, damn, she's not even doing this. And I'm like, did you communicate did you that? Tell her that's, that what that's what you, what you wanted? Needed? No. And then looking at her like, did you even know that I was an expectation of you within this relationship? Oh, this whole mind reader shit. Okay, anyways. He should just not, no. Nah, healthy nah, nah. relationship series. We will be talking about this yeah, shit. Yeah, it's going out. Yeah. So yes, communication and conflict yeah. are skills that we teach. As well as listening. Active listening. Act, yeah. Just about to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, whoo! We ain't learn these things. We did not learn these things. All right. Um, with my individuals, I got to teach them to fuck what people think. Because <laughs> they be really caring. And I'm like, you cannot care. Because now you're living your life for them. And not you. <laughs> That's when life ends. Right? And I'm like, yo. When you live I'm your like, life for somebody I'm else. Like, you really got to get to the fucking stage. Like, I don't care. I'm going to live for me. Because otherwise you're miserable. And we don't be saying the same like, thing over and over, for you. over and over and again. And I know some people are like almost there. But keep keep striving for that. Mm-hmm. Like living your life for yourself. Yes. And what you actually want and desire for the life that you're living. You know? Because then you'll be living your best life. And you won't be going back and forth. <laughs> um, an- another thing that I teach is how to challenge your negative thinking. And 
in CBT cognitive behavioral therapy, they have this, this, uh, thing <laughs> where it's, uh, catch the thought, challenge the thought, change the thought. <laughs> so with the challenging the thought, people don't really get it. And I'm like, you have to question your own thought. You have to fight it. So like literally I just did, a so using CBT, but then also using some narrative, I had to externalize <laughs> the concept where they took their negative thoughts and like, I had them draw this persona of what their negative thoughts represented. So have them name it, have what the things this uh, persona is thinking about, what they're feeling about. Um, and then basically you got to fight that bitch. <laughs> and it helps to, again, get it outside of yourself. Cause it's hard to be like, I got to fight my own mind. I got to fight myself. Cause it literally negative thoughts, again, powerful. So you literally got to fight yourself, but it's hard to do that. So instead we take it out, make it somebody else and then fight that bitch, you know? So I got to teach about that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, positive self affirmations. Cause people think that it's weird to tell yourself good things. I get my shit yeah. tattooed, bro. <laughs> life is messy. That's a life hack right there. Life is messy. I still, I'm still struggling with that. I got to tell myself, yeah. I got to hype myself up more often. Yeah. Life is messy. You look, yo, you looking good right now. Mm. There we go. <laughs> life is messy. And sometimes we forget the good things about ourselves and we need to be reminded. So, yeah, it's true. Because yeah. a lot of people going to try to put you down. Why would you help them? Right. Build yourself up. Exactly. With your fine ass. Yeah, you. You. <laughs> Whoever needed that. <laughs> Myself included. Um, <laughs> so now taking a turn because we're um, approaching the end. I want to give a little bit of time. So we may run a little bit over. Um, I want to talk about the reasons that we went to therapy and what we got out of therapy. I'll go first. <laughs> All right, so... So I'll, time frame, too. When did you go? Okay, so I went to therapy uh, right during my end, like, the last couple of classes, finals and everything else um, during grad school. So the last part of grad school, like, the last couple of weeks, I'm going to therapy. For the first time? For the first time. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically using up all my uh, insurance <laughs> before I go into the cold world. Now, I will pause you and say that, like, both our grad schools suggested that we go to therapy, but it wasn't a requirement. Right. right. Whereas, like, my colleagues in practicum, their school, it was a requirement for them to go to therapy. And I definitely suggest every therapist go to therapy because, again, you win your shit. You don't know. And okay. sometimes you being blocked in your own shit will block you from being able to help a client. So Most Definitely. Yeah. So that being said, <laughs> got the therapy at the end of it, but he had already been practicing. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so now you're in therapy. Basically, uh, I was having a fucking hard time in my relationship. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, I was burnt the fuck out because I thought I knew what self care was, mm. but I actually did not. Mm. So I thought my idea of self care was Netflix. Oh, no, sweetheart, that's mindless activity. You're not relaxing. No, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah, so a lot of stuff like that. Um, and also, I just I was feeling depressed and down, you know, at the time. Mm -hmm. And it helped a lot because of the breakup and everything that was going on. Mm -hmm. That helped a lot with the um, therapy. Helped so much through that process. Mm -hmm. um, 
and helped me take uh, some accountability. And that was the other part. It helped me shift my thinking. This was mm-hmm. the, the first start of the shifting of my thinking when it came to parts that were my fault and then parts that weren't. Like, mm-hmm. parts that was her shit. Mm-hmm. You know? And parts that was like, nah, Thank that was you only shit. you. <laughs> yeah, so it helped immensely when it comes to expanding my perspective um, and owning my own shit when it comes to the parts of the relationship that was not working. Um, and then the second time I went to therapy was fast forward to uh, about a couple couple months ago, like in, in, during the summertime. And that this was for uh, just general self-care again and then dealing with my sense of uh, fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Fear of rejection and um, getting more out there in, in terms of approaching people socially mm-hmm. and romantically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that helped a lot when it came to that as well. Over the summer, I gained a lot more confidence when it came to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I built stronger relationships with uh, a lot of the women within my life here in Oakland, whether it be romantically or otherwise. Um, and I've built stronger connections overall, uh, all because I let that fear go, and that was helped through therapy. So I'm definitely an advocate for it because I have my own insecurities and issues and stuff that I just want to get better at and improve mm-hmm. and grow as a man mm-hmm. um, to be better. And therapy helps with that for me. Uh, but it also, in the past, helped me with more serious um, issues when it came to my depression, some anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, rejection, mm-hmm. um, and heartache, heartbreak, and all that. So it's good for a lot of stages in your life, in your life. But it's it's very important that you take that first step and really find your therapist. And that's the right fit. That's yeah, that's the right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, really give it a try, an actual try. And see if you can reap the benefits of it. Because mm-hmm. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. So those are my experiences with therapy. Uh, I will be going back uh, probably sometime during the summer again. Mm-hmm. I like going through the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with me, um, I was in my second year of grad school. Something about that second year grad school, grad school I'll tell you. Geez, God like, damn. You're going through a lot. You're learning a lot. Your life's changing a lot. It's just a lot. <laughs> but, all right. So, second year of grad school. So, I'm now practicing. So, I'm on my way out. Like, it's January of 2016. Okay? Um, and I started in... September of 2014. So it's January 2016. And I have been in San Diego at a predominantly white institution during the height of Black Lives Matter. Where not only is it a white school, it's a white town, which I had never been in. Even when I went to a white high school, I could still escape to my black family and escape down the road to the black people (laughs) I knew at at the other school. So it was like, I still had my blackness. Whereas like San Diego, whoo. It was, I mean, we had the Black Student Union and the Black Student Resource Center, and I thank the universe for that because I would not have made it if I didn't have that little slight bit. But it, I was going through a withdrawal, okay, and a culture shock. 
And yeah, culture shock was. Real. Yes, because we just came from Hampton University, HBCU. Like, I think I was in denial about it. Eh, nah, I, I know I was in denial about it. Like, I knew, especially with Black Lives Matter, it was hitting me. Cause I just had to suck it up. That's what all of it went out when I'm just with the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. It was, like, Whew. it was going through a lot. And then um and then I was in now I knew what my self care practices were because I was going through shit at Hampton and I was doing my self care. But when I got to San Diego, it's palm trees, it's not trees. Okay. So I literally did not have the trees that create our oxygen. Okay? Like I'm and I'm coming from Hampton, Virginia, Hampton Roads, the Tidewater area. It is lush, it floods, it's forests everywhere type of thing, you know, like it's the East Coast. So I'm coming from that rich population with fresh water to the desert with a beach. That And the beach is always crowded because it's always warm, <laughs> you know. So it was like, literally, I didn't have my nature. That was a piece of my self-care. I didn't have that. Hmm. And I didn't have my black people, a piece of my self-care. And then it wasn't really artistic. It was very affluent, conservative town. Hmm. You know? So it was literally the things that I need that I thrive off that give me life were not there for me to take care of myself during the Black Lives Matter movement, during this intense grad school process. And the biggest thing was my parents' divorce. That shit was getting hostile. I was getting phone calls at three in the morning now, mind you, because of the time difference, and I'm like, yo, like, I'm, then I was in my second year of grad school, so I was taking classes, uh, practicing therapy, and working a side job, so I was doing multiple 10 to 12 hour days, and it was like, so I started having nightmares about my parents' shit, and the first time, I woke, and it was violent nightmares, and I woke up, and I was like, what the fuck was that? But then I was like, all right, anomaly. <laughs> I'm going through a lot of stress. But when I had it the second time, I was like, all right, it's time to go to therapy. Like, this is, I, I can no longer do it. So, and then, then it was like, fuck, I need a therapist with this insurance. I would prefer a marriage and family therapist because I'm dealing with family shit and I need you to process it in that way. Um, And then two, I need you to be available Friday 9 a.m. because that's all I got <laughs> This is literally the only time I had in the entire week to go to therapy. <laughs> so then I'm not even taking care of myself because I'm bone tired. <laughs> I'm just crashed. Like, when I get home, you know? So therapy was wonderful. <laughs> um, Now, this was a white therapist in San Diego. Um, And again, I tested her with the Black Lives Matter stuff. And I was like, nope, we'll not be addressing that. Um, But she severely helped me process my parents' divorce. Like I learned so much from different perspectives. I was able to see both the strengths of my parents, of each of my parents. And I ended up with a closer relationship to my mom because of it. Um, so I really appreciate that. That was very much needed. And it grew me up in a sense. Cause it was like, I still had expectations of my parents and they were failing those expectations. And it was like, my, but my parents are human. Like they're their own people. And yeah, they're not. Like, cause we put parents on a pedestal. It's like, I want you we to be this high, high. So we, um, and we have this adults. high expectation and it's like, I'm an adult now and they have their own shit. Just like you have your own shit, you know? So you got to accept them for who they are. So it really allowed me to change my perspective and therefore change my feelings about that. And, um, they also got better once they did not live together and uh, divorced. So, um, 
and then discovering my boundaries. Cause again, it was January, 2016. I walked, um, graduated. I technically didn't graduate till August, but I walked in May. So it was like, my parents are going to have to be there. And I'm like, look, I ain't had no drama at my graduation. It's my day. I am selfish. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was like the boundaries. Like if y'all can't get it together, y'all can't come. Cause I'm not dealing with that stress. So luckily they are much better. Thank you, parents. And, um, I have a better perspective on that. So then the second time I went was when I came to Oakland, it was, it was last year. So February of 2018, I have a thing with starting in the winter and going to the summer. But anyways, oh, so the first time I was in therapy, I was in therapy for like, um, from, damn, I forgot. It was less time. It was till May or maybe June, but when did it start? And when I started in February or March, so from that to May or June, and then the second time was from February of last year to August, and that was because Kaiser's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Tell them how you really feel. No, they are. They told me I had unlimited sessions, and then six months into therapy, they give me a bill. For all the past co-payments. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Kaiser is trashed. <laughs> and I specifically Trish. asked you what my benefits were because I'm a therapist who works with health insurance. Bitch. So anyways. Um, so yeah, so I went to therapy this time around because I had had some abandonment and rejection issues that I had not processed with past relationships and past friendships. So like my first time of therapy was processing my family stuff. And the second time was like more me. Mm. Um... And it was, but having that block within myself was blocking me from being able to help my clients. Like I, I couldn't see the connection. Like it was so, cause I, and I knew I couldn't see it because of my stuff. So I literally went back to help my clients, but also to help me process something that I hadn't processed before. Um, so again, change my perspective, normalize things for me. Um, through healing, we are healed. And from that point, like I experienced exponential growth like because that's when i was exploring my sexuality and and Mm. just yeah i was i was doing a lot last year and even though i stopped in august i had gotten to such a point that and of course i smoke sativa which expands your mind and i'd be talking to a therapist expand your mind okay so um it was like every other day was a revelation when you talk to me, we have good conversations. <laughs> I'm just saying. You might grow a little. <laughs> but it was also because you ended therapy like right around that time too. Like I think you ended a little bit after, but like you were up you were going to therapy up until that point. So we were both growing individually and then we would come together, smoke some sativa, and grow more. So it was like a, a revelation every other day. Mm-hmm. It was to the point it was like, I can't take it no more. It's too much growth. <laughs> too much. Yeah, I, I, I'm alive with the universe and freaking shit is happening. <laughs> yeah. Too much. So then like for me, I literally stopped doing everything. I was like, all self-care, stop it. Because <laughs> self-care enhances my growth and elevates me. So I was like, nope, I'm going to do mindless shit. Because <laughs> I need a break. I need a break. So now I think we're coming back into the wanting to grow again. 
Yeah, I can't wait. Cause mm-hmm. now it's like I've got I figured out even more stuff, more confident. Oh, more you gotta see O Studio. You setting it up. We were uh, hooking the sound film up. What? Sound panels up last night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all not ready. <laughs> it's going down now. Yeah. Oh, oh. So I'm excited for that. And just, we're doing the Healthy Relationship series. We're doing the political series. We'll be doing oh, the parenting politicking series. Oh, politicking, baby. Like, I'm excited for this year, for the podcast. Like, it's... 2019 is about to be a big year. For It's yes. so real for us. It's about to be licensed, baby. <laughs> gang, gang. Yes. Um, yeah. Because when our money comes, that's when our self-care just, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I can eat the way that I want to. I get my hair done more often. Mm. I can dress in a full expression of my mm. inside matching my out. Mm. I can eat the way that I want to. Mm. So <laughs> I nice can you travel. Had to say it twice. I can travel. Uh, yes. All that stuff. So I'm excited yeah. for this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm excited for you all to grow with us. Like, I definitely think we're going to have a bigger turnout for healthy relationships in our lives. And uh, we'll probably be doing some polling and um, things like that as well. Yeah, we're about to switch it up on y'all. Yeah. We're about to mm-hmm. step it at. But remember, please, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We do not know that you're there if you do not tell us. <laughs> yes, please. So please let us know that you're listening. And then share on top of that. We do feel like we are spreading a message that not everybody is spreading and it needs to be heard so please help us with that and share oh that's another thing money's going towards promotion yeah so yeah. we get our voice out there because mm-hmm. i think if we could spark a couple more minds you know plant change some a seeds. little bit more lives and we trying to change the world and we will <laughs> all right well i think that's it for our uh come back Everyone Podcast. should Ooh. go to therapy. Go to therapy. Yeah. Go to therapy. I'm back, y'all. <laughs> yes, go to yes, therapy. Yes, <laughs> do what you need to do. Grow. Mm. Grow, baby. Grow. Yes. So, I want to see some comments. Why haven't you gone to therapy? And after this podcast, have you changed your mind? Mm. Why or why not? Come on now. Mm. Talk to us. And remember to check out the previous episodes in the therapy series, Into the Office, Unpacking the Stigma, various Stereotypes, and don't forget our original Black Mental Health episode. All right. I think we good. All right. Well, if that's it, thank you for thank you so much for listening to It's So Real. It's your girl, Rocky. And your boy, O, back at it. You have a beautiful Sunday. Remember to take care of you. All right. We out. Peace and love. Mm-hmm.